0: Yeah, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. has been awesome so far. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, you know, I uh, when I spoke with uh, Pastor Rodney Howard-Brown and with uh, John Bevere, I, I said to them, I said, please feel free to use the material in the book as your own. You don't even have to, uh, you know, say where well, you got it or give me any, you know, refer. No credit, doesn't matter to me. Just use the material. I said I'm not gonna go out and travel. Haven't been out traveling out of San Diego for more than three years. Don't intend to do it. And so just go ahead and use the material. That's that I wanted to, I don't want it to go to the grave with me. That's the thing. All right, are we ready for the word? Okay. <clears throat> Prepare, preparing for fire, famine, and flood part three. Today I want to focus on um, God's strategy to protect, to provide and to prosper us in this time. Now last week we looked at the control that is being exerted uh, worldwide and the loss of freedoms that are occurring. Um, You're aware of this. People are losing their jobs. People are being fired Um, uh, and even losing the ability to claim unemployment. Um, their careers are being ended, and uh, pensions are confiscated. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on. Religious freedoms have been trampled upon and uh, just totally ignored. I don't know if you heard it this week. Uh, it was amazing to me that now there's a bunch of Navy SEALs that are suing because uh, not only are they going to be uh, discharged, but they are, they're going to be forced to pay back the cost of training them which runs into millions of dollars and they're going to be forced to pay that back, never mind lose any, uh, you know, veterinary, any, anything that they could have got, they're going to lose. Um, parents, parents are being forced to homeschool their children and they don't have any experience to do that. They can raise the kids all right, but teaching their children is something completely different. This is a tremendous strain and also a financial strain. Um, on the family because somebody has to stay home with the kids to take care of them and to teach them. So all of this is happening because of vaccine mandates. My question is, what is it with the vaccine obsession? So if we turn the lights down, I thought I'd show you this. Get the lights down just a little so we can see clearly. Would you show them this thing? See, even the rats are not taking the vaccine because it's going through human testing right now. And I have another one as well, if you'd show them the next one. So the person comes to the pharmacy and they said, this probably won't work, but we do have medication that will take care of the side effects. All right, so lights up again. Satan is using the fear of death, which the Bible tells us, the book of Hebrews that we've been delivered from, He's using the fear of death so that people would yield to the tyranny of the governments. And it's all over the world. I'm not talking about America, although America is included. It's a worldwide issue. So I was thinking about, you know, what do we do? What do we do as a group of people? How do we, what do we do? So one of the things that came to mind is maybe the promise should start its own school. Because there are parents who do not want their kids to be vaccinated and they're going to get booted from school unless they get vaccinated. I hope you're clapping because you're going to come and teach. <laughs> but there are also teachers that are going to lose their jobs. And some, some people have already because they haven't been back. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just green lighting with you right now. Okay, it, it would be possible. I think it could happen. I think it's something that could be done. Um, you know, parents that have been forced to stay home with their children five days a week, maybe they could volunteer a morning a week, which would give them four and a half, you know, on their own, only half a day where they'd come and work with the children. You know, there maybe a teacher that that is really, you know, doesn't have a job, they could come. Perhaps there are teachers that, uh, you know, uh, like Jane, and I'm just throwing it out there, who is incredible. <laughs> she's dropping her head right now. <laughs> a specialized teacher, specialized teacher. I don't know how much she makes an hour, but maybe we could pay her three hours yeah. and then it would include traveling time and she could give us those three hours once a week to come and teach that she's a specialized teacher. I mean, I don't know what's going on in your life, who you are. I'm just throwing this out there as an idea. All right. If any of you want to, you know, email me and give me some ideas, that's fine. I'm just, I'm just saying if push comes to shove, we need to try and do something. All right? And not be. But there, here's another thought. <clears throat> perhaps on our on our website, and maybe this would be Josh, he'd be able to tell us if we can do this. But perhaps on our website we could put a list of all the people who have skills. If you have a skill like Dr. Chris Chiropractor could go on, or you have a, a plumbing skill, or you're a construction person, or air conditioning. Uh, or you can cook. You like to cook food. Or you're a hairdresser. I don't know what. But we could list those people on the, our website, and then the congregation could go there and use their services to help them because they may be under financial pressure because of what's going on. you understand where I'm coming from? Just I'm talking about the body helping the body. Let's do something to help each other. Let's not throw our hands in there and say, oh, well, what's going to happen? We could do something. Amen? Amen. We could do something. God will give us wisdom. God will give us instruction on how to get this thing done. So I I do have good news for you. God is giving us a strategy. He does have a strategy of how He will protect us, how He will provide for us, and how He will prosper us during this time. Now, He has given us promises um, and direct instruction. If we read the Scriptures, how to overcome Satan's plans, his control, and the power of the spirit of mammon. We must break the power of the spirit of mammon in our lives. Amen? And we will do that next week. We will do that next week. We will take authority. We will take care of that next week. So what is God's strategy then to provide for us, to protect us, and to prosper us? Now, the scriptures that I'll be using today do come out of the book. Um, Again, uh, I know Pastor Cindy mentioned it to you. It is, we have a few available, but if you go on Amazon, you can get it as well. These scriptures are comprehensively covered in this book. I don't have time to, to go through It's about a 300-page book, so there's a lot. Oh, and by the way, I'm busy doing the audio book for those who like to, do, like to listen. Okay, And you'll hear me because I'm actually doing it. I've got the audio system at home. Thank you, Joshua. And it sounds pretty good. I'm, sh- I'm shocked. am shocked. But there it is, I, and that's gonna, we're working hard to get that done for you. But all of the scriptures we're talking about today are in the book and, of course, expounded for your understanding. So 2 Chronicles 20.20 20 is the first scripture I want to look at. It says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe His prophets, and you shall prosper. Believe His prophets, and you shall prosper. Um, prosper simply means to advance make progress, succeed, to be profitable. But there's the conditions here. It said you must believe God and you must believe the prophetic word that's being spoken to you. You have to believe that. You know, when I started this series, you might remember that I said that God had given me prophetic insight into what was going on, to look beyond the circumstances that we're seeing and to see what is behind it, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against uh, you know, principalities and powers and so on and so forth that are causing these things to happen. And th- there, was, there was something prophetic that happened in my heart when God dropped this uh, mantle uh, into my life for this particular service anyway, and the mantle settled on the church. There was a prophetic mantle set on church, and it just so coincided with Prophet Andre coming in. And uh, so it was a you know, hand-in-the-glove situation, and he was able to minister, and that anointing has stayed in this congregation. There's a beautiful prophetic anointing that's right here right now. So he actually helped us with a greater prophetic insight as to what's going on. And I'm using this word not even cautiously because it is something that we need We need prophetic insight, all of us, to see what's happening and then to see beyond it and how to take action for what's coming. All right? We have to take action for what's coming. So in the book of Isaiah 48, and if you're new here today, just ask your neighbor, what did he say? What book is that? (laughs) Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus saith the Lord. Now see if you can spot who's speaking. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to what? Say it out loud. He teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Do you know that this particular verse has more redemptive names of God than any other verse in the whole Bible? Just count them. Here it is. This is the Lord. That's one. Your Redeemer. Two. The Holy One of Israel. Three. I am. Four. The Lord your God. Five. Who teaches you how to profit. He certainly didn't want you to misunderstand who was speaking. You can't miss who was speaking, correct? Why was it so important that you know who was speaking? Because of what he said. He's going to teach you to profit. You see, so many people believe that Christians ought to be poor. They ought to not have enough. That in fact, if you have money, you can't be spiritual. Well, that's not true. That's not true. But, you know, I don't want to get into that. I don't want us to be sidetracked right now. Read the book. Anyway, he teaches you to profit. And then notice this. He leads you by the way you should go. That's being spirit-led. Do you agree with me? Spirit-led. Spirit-led is critically important. You've got to believe God, and then you have to be spirit-led. Kenneth Copeland um, said earlier this year, He said, in prophetic word, he said that if we would seek God for his ideas that would help and serve people, that's the idea, help and serve people, that he would give them to us. Now, these ideas, he said, would turn into great fortunes, provided we listen to God. There it is. Provided we listen to God. A massive financial wave is coming to these people so that they can bless the body of Christ and mankind. That is what he said. Now, do you know how wealthy people have got off silly ideas? Silly ideas. Turn the lights down a little for me again, please. I want to show you a silly idea. A silly idea. Can we have some volume on it? You all know that. That moving head had to move. It took about two years to get that thing all worked together. Made the man a cool one hundred million dollars. A stupid fish <laughs> that sings on the wall, and you just go like it, and there it goes. hundred million bucks. We could come up with something like that. What about this one? Cheer pet. Uh huh. Clay figures that burst into greenery. Do you know that they sell 500,000 of those every season? 500,000 at 16 bucks a piece. That's a cool 8 million bucks a year. That's stupid. <laughs> but it makes money, right? Okay, the last one before we get serious again. Yeah? I don't want to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you bought a sleek? No, I don't want to do that. Do you- do you know how that happened? The guy had a tension spring and he just dropped it accidentally and he watched it go down the stairs like this. <laughs> and he got the idea that he could, could work this out and he fixed it up and patented the idea and he, uh, he sell, has sold 350 million of these things. So he's made a cool $3 billion off a stupid spring. <laughs> so you know what we should do? Why don't we pray and ask God for an idea, and a creative idea, amen, and believe the Holy Spirit's going to help us so that we can be a blessing to the body of Christ and to the world, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to give us a silly idea or or a brilliant idea. I thank you, Lord, that we promise to be financial channels to the gospel, and to bless the world and every person that we can, in Jesus' name, we ask you, Holy Spirit, give us these ideas that would help people and serve people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, how many believe, believe you received? I, I believe in my heart that I have millionaires millionaire sitting in front of me right now. I believe that. I believe I have millionaires. You don't understand that yet. You may not believe it yet, but I'm believing it for you. I'm believing it for you. Amen? God's going to raise you up. and God's going to cause it. And listen, those that are watching online, I'm talking to you as well. I'm talking to you as well. I believe that God is, is ministering to you right now. If you've been in that situation where you're desperate, when I was praying for people this morning, and you felt desperate, I want you to know the Holy Spirit ministered to you right there where you are. And I'm including you in this prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, let's drill down now and discover God's strategy to protect, to provide, and to prosper us. I want to go to John 16 and verse 3. I have told you these things, Jesus said, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain undaunted, for I have overcome the world, I have deprived it, Of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Now you have to read this scripture in order to appropriate this. How do we do that? How do we appropriate this? Let's go to John 1 5 and verse 4. 1 John 5 and verse 4. Same writer by the Holy Ghost says this And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Everybody say our faith. So there is the victory. It's our faith that overcomes the world. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So we need to be assured of victory over what is happening in our world. Amen? So how do we get that victory? How do we get that victory? Well, based on this verse that we've just read, there's two things that we need to do. I'm going to give you about five strategies today. The first strategy that we see in this book, right, in, the first, in, this, in this verse, it says you have to believe on Jesus. You have to believe on Jesus. Because this is the victory that overcomes the world. He who overcomes believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You have to believe Jesus is the Son of God. Not that He's a prophet or He's a good teacher or He's a good man or He's an astronaut. You have to believe that He's the Son of God, that He's the Christ, the Messiah. You have to believe that. Other, nothing I say to you will matter or count if you don't believe that. That's the ground rules. That's ground zero. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you believe that? Say, I believe that. All right. The second thing I see in this is that you have to have faith in what Jesus has done. You have to believe what Jesus has done. Or you have to have faith in the Word. In the Word of God. You have to believe the Word of God. It said believe God, remember the verse scripture we read in 2 Chronicles 20. Uh, it said you have to believe God and you have to believe the prophets. The prophets wrote the Word, so you have to believe the Word. So you have to believe Jesus, he's the Son of God, then you have to believe the Word, or you have to believe what Jesus did. Number three, third strategy, is you have to be at the right place to receive God's provision. You have to be in the right place. Listen carefully to this. this, is very important. Ahab was a wicked king. He reigned for 22 years over Israel. He married Jezebel. Everybody knows Jezebel, right? Yeah. He married Jezebel and he worshiped Baal and he also served Baal. But he reigned over Israel for 22 years. Then God spoke to uh, Elijah and said to him, I want you to go and challenge this king. Go and challenge this king. We don't know anything about Elijah until he shows up in the king's palace and he confronts him face to face. It's the first time we hear about him. And uh, he says to the king, I'm going to stop the rain. There's going to be a drought until, and for, for a number of years. Okay? He's trying to get the king to, to change, to repent. And so we pick the story up in 1 Kings 17, verse 1. Elijah said there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. God had told him to say this. Then God tells Elijah to run and hide. He says, I want you to go to the brook Cherith, and I'm going to send ravens to feed you there. This is what he tells him to do. See, the the king sent people to find Elijah to kill him, but he was hiding. God told him to go into hiding. In verse 4, it said, and it will be, this is God speaking to Elijah, it will be that you shall drink from the brook Cherith, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So, the brook was at least a number of miles long. Where on this brook was he supposed to stop? He's walking through the this. I mean, where do you stop? This is a this is a long little river. You, you, where must I where must I go? Well, you keep going until you find the birds. He's got to keep walking. If there's no birds, it's not the place. He's got to keep walking till he finds the ravens waiting with meat and bread in their mouth for him. When he arrives, there will be food waiting for him. He said, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Everybody say there. You see, Elijah had to go there. Elijah couldn't be fed or taken care of where he was. God was sending him to another place for his provision. Hear it carefully now, okay. Meat and bread, meat and bread is what the birds were going to feed them. Bread speaks about the word, it speaks about Jesus. The birds were going to feed the word. That's what it feels we interpret it for where we are today. God is going to send you to a place where He can minister to you. So now, these birds, strangely enough, all right, were picking up this food from King Ahab's table. He had eight hundred and fifty prophets of Baal and they were swooping in, picking up the food and flying to where Elijah was. And they didn't eat the food on the way. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have you ever seen a bird not eat the moment it finds it? That's what they do. They eat right there. Like that. They eat. Imagine the bird picking up and flying with meat in its mouth or bread in its mouth and not eating it. So people think that Drones are new. (laughs) These were bird drones. (laughs) Flying with a supply. And bringing it to Him without eating it. Yeah, I like that idea. So, God had prepared a place. God had natural water. And He had a supernatural supply. You see, God often does that and most times he does it there's a combination of natural and super there's the drought but there's water but there's also the supernatural provision from the birds so part of the natural would be having a job and part of the super would be God doing something beyond what you can do you understand that all right part of the natural part of the super put together but Elijah had to go there now Listen carefully. You're not here this morning by accident, nor are you watching online by accident. I believe with all of my heart that God brought you to the promised church for Him to provide for you both naturally and super. That this this is why you're here. You see, this is your there. This is your there. God had to send you there To get provision, because where you were, you weren't getting the provision. I'm not boasting about me. I'm boasting about the Word and the Spirit and what God is doing. God is doing something supernatural. So He brought you to a place of provision. He wants to give you spiritual provision, and I believe He also wants to give you physical provision. I believe He wants to take care of you financially. I believe He also wants to heal your physical body. He wants to do something for you in Jesus' name. So, instruction number four, or strategy number four, is that you must obey the instruction God gives you. You see, Elijah would not have been uh, uh, ministered to. His provision wouldn't have reached him had he not obeyed. I could say this had he not listened to the Spirit. God spoke to him. So, in our situation right now, God speaks to us by His Spirit. We need to obey the instructions He gives us. And throughout the series, while I'm talking to you, God is busy giving you instructions. And they are going to increase today and even next week to a higher level. And it's going to be dependent upon you whether you listen to the instructions, whether you obey the instructions as to whether God is able to meet your needs. Satan is going to do his best to stop you from entering the place of God's provision for you. He's going to intimidate you. He's going to threaten you. He's going to lie to you. He's going to try to deceive you. He's going to do his best to convince you not to listen to God or the pastor God has put in your place. You see, God gave you a pastor, and God gave me a congregation to shepherd. Do you understand that? God sends in the increase. God sends the people for us to pastor and to shepherd them. But you need a pastor to feed you and to tell you what the Scripture says so that you can live a victorious Christian life. Right? Amen. So, But the devil doesn't want you to hear. He doesn't want you to listen. So, you know, maybe you fall asleep in church. <laughs> maybe he does that so that when the birds, you know, the birds will eat the seed. Right. So that you don't get the word in your heart. Maybe you'll get your mind to drift off onto something else. Something will go, or he'll just say, uh, don't, I, I wouldn't listen to that guy. He talks in tongues. That's why you should listen. That's the very reason you should listen. Because that's the spirit language. Amen? Amen? All right. So, God's provision first comes as instruction. You might want to write that down. God's provision first comes as instruction. And he told Elijah to go to the brook, Cherith. That was instruction, was it not? He had the provision lined up but he wouldn't have got it had he disobeyed so i am now passing on to you instruction from the holy spirit from the word of god if you don't listen and you don't obey and you don't take it to heart there's nothing more god can do nothing more yeah you tell somebody to do this and they won't do it that's the end of it you can't force anybody so god is trying to get you to a place that he has prepared Provision for you in the middle of your financial firestorm. Now listen carefully. Elijah had to go, but Isaac had to stay. Write that down. Elijah had to go, but Isaac had to stay. Let's read. You see, before I read it, let me just say this. If you are new to the promise... If you're new to the promise, then God has brought you to this place to minister life to you and to help you get the provision He wants for you. But if you're established at the promise, and this is your home church, then God says stay. If, this is, if you're new, then God brought you here to your there place. But if this is your there then you need to stay there. Because if you leave there, you'll go back into the wilderness. And you may be happy to listen to a sermon that is milk toast, 2% non-fat, instead of full cream. I want to ask you, did God send them to a land... Flowing with half and half and honey? Or 2% and honey? Or no fat and honey? Or did he send them to a land flowing with milk and honey? It may be God's milk, but it doesn't matter. It was milk. Let's look at Genesis 26 real quick. This is what happened to Isaac. There was a famine in the land. we say there was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine uh, that was in the days of Abraham, And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerah. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay here. Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. He said, Don't go. Don't do what your father did. I want you to stay here. And verse 12 said, Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And watch what verse 13 says. The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So notice the progression. There was famine. Then he sowed. Then he prospered. Then he continued prospering and became very prosperous. Okay. So God has been trying to guide you to his place of provision. Write this down. Listen with your heart, not your head. Listen with your heart, your spirit man. Don't let your your head talk you out of what God is trying to do. It's spiritual wisdom I'm giving you, not natural wisdom. Write this down. It's not about reason, but revelation. You can't reason yourself into the will of God. It's revelation that comes to you, to the spirit man. So it's not about reason, but revelation. So hearing and following the Holy Spirit is the difference between success and failure and between provision and famine. Now, how would it be if the Holy Spirit is not even mentioned in the church? If He's relegated to a place where we don't even talk about Him uh, except that He's the third person of the, of the Trinity. And yet, Jesus said, when Jesus leaves, he's going to send us the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to lead us, to guide us, to empower us, for the gifts to work through us, to heal the sick, uh, to raise the dead, uh, to do the miracles, have the dreams, and have the anointing to minister, and so on and so forth. And he is going to be the one here that when you pray, he's going to help you to pray. All of these things. But we say he's not for today. The Holy Spirit has no part in the church. What an indictment against Jesus and the Father. What an indictment against the Holy Spirit. People, you put the Holy Spirit out the church, you don't have a church. You have a club. I didn't mean to say that out loud. Thank you for that. God specializes in miracle provision. So let me encourage you. Jesus, was to- Jesus told Peter, after he'd used his boat... He said, launch out back into the deep and let your nest down for a catch. And Peter says, No, no, there's no fish out there. We've been fishing all night, and you catch fish in the Sea of Galilee at night, not in the day. So you keep preaching, I'll keep fishing. You stay with what you know. Don't you get involved in my business. Don't you start telling me what to do in my business. You're a preacher. You shouldn't be telling me what to do to my business. But business was bad. He had no fish. There was a famine in the land. Things had turned against him. Things weren't working. What he used to do, wasn't working. Hello? Wasn't working. And Jesus says, launch out the deep. And verse 5 of Luke 5, he says, But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless... At your word, I will let down the net. Everybody say, nevertheless. nevertheless. At the word of Jesus, respond to the word of Jesus, nevertheless. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Nevertheless, I'm going to respond to your word. And when they had done this, they caught obedience. They had caught a great number of fish and the net was breaking. So he signaled to the partners the other boats to come and help him. And they came to fill up both boats and they began to sink. That's what we call a blessing. When your boat begins to sink, a sinking load of blessing, sinking load of fish. Amen. So right now, there's shortage going on. Jobs are being lost. Things have turned upside down. Careers, so on and so forth, have been lost. Well, can God not turn that around? Of course He can. God can make this work. So do you remember the time when Jesus and Peter walking along? And uh, people came up to him, the tax collectors, and said, you need to pay the temple tax. And Jesus says to Peter, go fishing and catch the first fish. And there'll be a coin in the fish, four drachma, gold coin. Take the, f- take the coin and go pay our taxes. How about supernatural provision? All right? Don't have any money. That's okay. The fish will provide it for us. Go and get the fish. Go and get the gold coin. Got to know where it is, right? Got to know where it is. But you notice he said, go and pay your tax and my tax. He didn't say pay the tax of the other 11 disciples. How's that then? Peter was there. Peter was there. He was where the provision was. He was with Jesus. He was in church. He was next to Jesus. He was following Jesus, so when Jesus spoke, he was able to follow. So he had opportune blessing. Opportune blessing comes for when you come to church or when you tune in and listen, God speaks to you. When you don't, you don't. Hello. You gone home? Somebody turn to your neighbor and say Amen. Amen. See you next week. If you come and you hear, you're in an opportune time to get your taxes paid. God will provide what is necessary for you at that time. If you didn't come, you missed the anointing, you missed the instruction, you missed on what God is doing for you or could have done for you. Amen. Remember Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread for the 5,000 and the 4,000? Do you remember that? And He fed them all and He picked up the baskets afterwards. Do you notice that He didn't say to them, okay take this leftovers into the villages, go and feed the villages that are all around some of the bread and some of the fish. He only did the miracle for those who came to church. You're not hearing me. Those who came to hear the word and stayed faithful right there, they got their needs met, not the people sitting at home in the village. He didn't take the miracle and say, spread it around, people. He said, bless the people that are here and then collect, collect their leftovers. I'm telling you, there is something special about being in the house of God when miracles are happening. When God wants to bless people, this is the place to be. All right? Are you hearing me? Okay. Now, what about the widow woman uh, where the creditors were coming to take her sons? Because the husband died and didn't leave any money, didn't have insurance policy or anything else. And so she couldn't pay. She didn't work. She didn't know how to work. She had never worked. Her husband had provided. So now she comes to uh, Elisha and she says in, in 2 Kings 4, she said, uh, They're coming to take my children to pay my debt. What shall I do? And listen to what Elisha says to her. Tell me what do you have in your house. Tell me what do you have in your house? And the answer is nothing. I have nothing. You see, folks, your nothing is what God can use to supply your needs with. You think you have nothing, but God sees beyond your nothing. Because the miracle working God can turn your nothing into something. Even though that you don't recognize it. She says, I have nothing in my house but a jar of oil. See, you don't see the miracle, but God does. Yeah. So he said to her, now send your sons out, go and get as many empty jars as you can. Come home, go inside, close the door, have your children inside with you, and then take the oil and pour it into the jars. Why did she say, bring your children inside with you and close the door inside when you pour the oil? Because their children, her children, hated her da- the dad. He died when they were young. The children also hated God. You took my dad from me. Now who's gonna provide for us? The children are starving. They're being threatened. They're blaming God for the dad's death. They don't think God's a good God. And so he says, take them inside because when I do the miracle, I want them to know for the rest of their life that God loves them and God is gonna provide. I want them to see the miracle so they never forget. God loves them and it was not God's fault that it happened, but God is going to provide for you anyway. So they pour, they pour the oil, they pour the oil, they pour the oil. They keep pouring until the oil ran out. No, no, no. That's not what it says. Look, it says here, she says, Bring me another vessel. So the oil ceased. There was not another vessel, there's no more vessels. So the oil ceased. You see, this is it. God's supply is endless. It's our capacity to receive God's supply. Yeah, right. The empty vessels that God said, bring your empty vessel, I'll fill it. Right. But sometimes we come to church, and we don't care. We don't participate. We don't engage. Yeah. We're not even passionate about it. Yes. All right. oh, yeah. Gay sera, sirah, whatever we will be, will be. All right, God, if you've got something for me, hit me. Right. Hit me. We're not in Vegas. Hit me. Hit me. We're not in Vegas. <laughs> God, have you got something for me? Come with an expecting heart. Yes. Bring your empty vessel. Yes. Come, God, I'm coming to praise you. I'm coming in the morning prayer meeting. I'm going to get ready. God, fill me up. Fill me up. Here I come. I'm hungry. Fill me up. And he'll keep filling. Until you say enough, then God will shut the oil off. God doesn't shut the oil off until you say enough. And that's what happened. So then she came and she told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and your sons live on the rest. So, what did he do? Here's the super and the natural. God just did a supernatural miracle for her, multiplied the oil, and then he puts her to work. He puts her into the oil business. Makes her a seller of Mary Quant or somebody else's stuff. She's never sold oil face products or anything. But now she's out selling the oil. She's out. Selling the miracle that God did in her life right. to supply her needs. See, sometimes you think, well, God just going to provide my needs, and I'm going to s- sit back and watch the news on TV. That's it. No, you're sitting with an empty jar right there, and you don't realize it. No, no. God is, God, is, God is saying to you, I will work a miracle. You do what you can. You do your part. So go out and start selling. But God, I never worked. So that's not an excuse never worked. I've been in ministry, I don't know, 25 years. That's what I knew. When Jackie had the stroke, I had to go out the age of 50 years old, go work on the ships and become an art auctioneer. First of all, I'd never auctioned anything in my life. Second, I knew nothing about art. (laughs) When I say nothing, I mean nothing. Nothing. And I'm supposed to sell it. The first time I had to offer a Picasso for sale, $100,000 worth of art. I'm looking at it like this. I'm looking at the crowd. I'm I'm going, I wouldn't buy this. (laughs) What is this? And then I thought, which way is up? I couldn't know which which is up. So the only thing I could think of is, you know what? You're going to get four for the price of one. You can put it any way you want. That's what I knew about art. But guess what? I had to do the natural. God did the super and He blessed me. Okay? God blessed me because of that. All right, let's give you you the strategies to meet your needs. Number one, believe on Jesus. Number two, have faith in what Jesus has done or have faith in the Word. Number three, be at the right place to receive God's provision. Number four, obey His instructions. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number five, sow seed for a harvest. The natural, sow seed. God will do the supernatural, right? Remember, Isaac was told to sow in the famine. He was told, don't go, stay here, sow in the famine. So I'll ask you this question. Do you agree that God's supply is conditional? So you need to think about this. Is God's supply conditional, or does God just supernaturally put on your head in spite of you? Don't matter what he's gonna no no no. We've already said it's got to be faith. We've got to believe in Jesus. We're gonna follow. we have got to be in, follow the instructions. So it's good. definitely conditional. So we all quote Philippians 4:19. We love Philippians 4:19, don't we? All right, Philippians. My God shall supply, finish it with me all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We quote that, but you know what we forget to do? We forget to read what preceded that. You have to read why Paul said that. So let's go to Philippians 4, verse 15. And let's read this. Moreover, as you Filipinos know, how many Filipinos do we have in the church? Come on, lift your hands up, all the Filipinos. Look at you. Give them a round of applause. Give them a round of applause. You're in the Bible. All right. In the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving. Say giving and receiving. giving and receiving. In giving and receiving, not just giving, giving and receiving, except you only. For when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. What is going to be credited to your account? When you have an account, and I'm starting to get into next week's sermon already. When you get into your account and it gets credited, you can make withdrawals from that account when you need it. You've got to get your account credited financially so you can make withdrawals from it in the time of your need. That's where I'm going next week. So listen. He said, I have received full payment, and even more, I'm I'm amply supplied. Now that I have received from Ephroditus the gift you sent, they are a fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So when he said to the Philippian church that my God will meet all your needs, it's because they had been providing for him. There had been a giving church. In fact, he said, you were the only giving church that took care of my needs. And he said, because you've been a giving church, because you've been helping, because you've been sowing, I want to talk to you about about giving and receiving. I want to talk to you about sowing and reaping. I want to talk to you about a harvest coming. I want to talk to you about something that's going to be credited to your account. My God will supply all your needs because you have been giving. Because you've been sowing, and that's what happened to Isaac. He sowed in famine, he reaped a hundredfold in that year, and God prospered him. He kept on prospering until he became very prosperous. Until the Bible says the Philistines envied him. I believe God wants to prosper us to a place in this current society, in this current social world that we're in, until the Philippines, until the. Uh, uh, <laughs> Not the Philippians, the Philistines. Until the Philistines envy us. The world doesn't envy Christians at all. There are very few Christians that are wealthy. Very few. And there are very few wealthy people that are Christians. What an indictment. When our God has golden streets and is willing to provide everything for us through Jesus Christ. Amen. We should not be in the position. We're looking for handouts. We should be in a position where our needs are fully met by God our Father because we put our trust and faith in Him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. So let me show you how God will protect you financially and how to break the spirit of mammon that controls your life if He does. We've got to break that spirit of mammon, its control of your life. Okay? Let me show you how to do this. And I'm out of time. We'll have to leave it for next week. Okay. All right. Stand to your feet. I want to minister to the sick this morning before I dismiss you. There's a miracle that's going to happen at least. If you have severe backache, if you've been suffering from backache, lower, lower pain in the back area, I want to minister to you. If you've had an operation in your leg, If you've been involved in an accident and your back was injured. If you've had knee replacement surgery, hip replacement surgery, I want you to come forward. I want a chair on the, I want two chairs. I want one chair facing this way and I want another chair facing this way. Please, if you would. And if somebody could take the pulpit away. Thank you. Tana, would you come down here? All right, and I'm going to ask you just to give me some space in the middle if you would just go to the sides. Would you come up here? Would you sit in this chair? I don't want to sit. <laughs> uh, just for a moment. okay, Just for a moment. Okay. Uh, can you s- scoot all the way back? Okay. It's going to hurt you when I pick your legs up. No. Okay, So I want you to relax your legs. Okay, your legs are fine. I'm going to release the healing. There it goes. There it goes. Right now. Right now. Up your legs. In Jesus' name. Through those hips. Right into that lower area. In the name of Jesus. All the damage caused. All the pain. Healing from the fall operation. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You're healed. You can relax. Relax. You're done. You're done. That's it. Go ahead. Stand up. Did you have pain when you walked up? Um, yeah. You didn't have pain. Mm-hmm. Go back and tell them. Walk around. See what you see. What you. T- uh, t- mainly sitting. Yeah, mainly sitting. All right. We'll go ahead and sit sit at the back. See what you find out. <laughs> okay. Now, who had a back operation or back injury? Anybody? Back injury. Back injury? Yeah. Here. Okay. You I, have, I tore my ro- rotator cuff. Okay. Go ahead and sit. So you had back surgery? I did. I had a 360 spinal fusion. 360 spinal fusion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to check something here. All right. Would it hurt if I pick your legs up? Okay. All right. Did you know you had one leg shorter than the other? You did know? Yeah. Okay. Well, turn your toes out. Turn. Relax, relax. Turn your toes out so, we c- so you can see. I want you to see that... C- I don't want to force, but would you move the toes apart? Oh, thank yeah. So you can see. Do you see that? Okay. So I want you to watch that. As I'm holding you now, the Spirit of God is going to bring a healing right through your body right now. And in the name of Jesus, there it goes. Okay. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing about here. Can you feel that? All right. So that is what's coming out is your legs right there. And now the healing power of God is flowing up into your spine. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, now up all the way to your right shoulder, right shoulder, shoulder, rotate a cuff in the name of Jesus, be healed, all pain in your hips and your back healed, would you look at your feet now, can you see, can you see they're the same length, okay, all right, did you you sense something happening in your body, yeah, Okay. Well, Jesus healed you. It's all done. Okay. Come on. Can somebody help her down? Thank you. Thank you. You had a back injury. Yeah, it's herniated disc. You got a herniated disc. Does it? Does it hurt to sit? I, I just thought I had a bad sermon. That's why you got up, I went to the back. So I had to mention the Filipino people. I had to mention. You are freezing? Freezing? Yeah, I'm hot. Too. Anybody else freezing? Freezing. <laughs> freezing? All right, be seated and be warmed. <laughs> you miss it down. Okay. So does it hurt if I lift your feet up? Would it hurt? Okay, just relax. Okay. Turn your toes out. Is that does hurt, huh? Okay. All right. So I'm not gonna strain you. Go relax, 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 relax. Okay, just relax. What are you doing for the herniated discs? What are you doing for the herniated discs? Uh, Exercise. Exercise. Jesus' name. There you go. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for administering healing power of God right now in Jesus name. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. in Jesus name. Okay, go ahead and stand Thank you. Okay You have faith. Amen. Amen. Okay. all right. Okay, Nancy, what happened to you? I fell and broke my fever. Yeah? And I had two surgeries. Uh huh. But they didn't help, and my one leg is shorter than the other. Come on up. I have pain. And and the left leg is short? Okay, come on up. Can you just help her up there, Chris? Thank you so much. Let's take it from you. It would be better for you to be on this side. All right, scoot back in the chair if you would. Scoot back. Get even. Okay. Let's have a look. Can you relax your legs? Would it be painful? No. Okay. Okay, yeah. Now relax. Put in your hands, turn your toes out. Turn your toes out. I want you to turn I want you to open up, so turn your toes this way. Okay. Yeah, there's not much shortage, but if you watch now, it's gonna it's gonna grow right out now. In Jesus' name. Okay? All right, and we thank you, Lord. That the damage done to the femur is now healed okay it's already done Nancy before we could do anything put put your heels together have a look put your heels together do you see there's no shortage can you see from there can you see there's no shortage yes okay I know it might be a surprise (laughs) okay now Lord I thank you for your healing power that flows right up through her leg And that femur is healed in Jesus' name. And all pain, all pain associated with that damage is healed. Just relax your legs. Just relax. Just relax. Just relax. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus, you're the healer. You're the healer, Lord. I thank you for healing Nancy. Done. All right. Give your hand. You want to help her down off the st- off the stage. Okay. When you get down there, Nancy, how does that feel? Feels even. Yeah. <laughs> Feels even. Feels a little weird, huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. So what's going on with you? I just had back pain for a while. Oh, just back pain for a little bit? OK, stand here. Anybody else just had back pain just for a little bit? Back just a little bit of back pain? What do you have? Just a bit of back pain? Yeah, i walk long distance. I'll OK. All right, just come stand right here. Uh, yeah. Do you also have back pain or your low, pa- low back when you walk? I, I went to the podiatrist, and he said one of my feet is or my legs that's longer. Which, which leg is the short leg? You can't remember. All right, come and sit down here. Uh, Here's an open chair, come here. Let's just have a look real quick. Sit all the way back. Nice and comfortable, straighten out. Okay, let's have a look. So the podiatrist told you that your leg is shorter. Okay, go down. Let's change chairs. Come sit this side. If you would give us a little bit of space. You guys, you can also watch from here if you want to. Okay, sit all the way back, okay. So, it looks like about two inches, <laughs> substantially shorter, okay, substantially shorter. All right, we're going to ask Jesus, there it comes already, I, Jesus is busy doing it, watch this, watch it's coming out, okay, the Spirit of God is doing it right now, healing you right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Did you see that? So it was two inches shorter. It's not shorter anymore. Okay? So, Lord, we just in the name of Jesus. Release the healing anointing of God to flow up. No more backache. Because your legs are even. Jesus' name. Amen. All right. It's done. You go and, go and rejoice. Praise the Lord. Okay? All right. Let's pray over your backs, so Just step forward here. Are you here for backache as well? Okay. You can come stand right here? Okay, if we can have some catches. Are you catching Frank? Or are you praying? Lord, we thank you for the healing anointing. It flows right through these, standing here in Jesus name. The miracle power of God is moving through you, bringing about a healing and cure in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Laura's knee can bend. All back it goes. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's give the Lord a good round of applause. Thank you so much. Unlike every eye closed, every eye closed, I want to challenge you a little bit While every eye is closed, the strategy God has given us in order to overcome in the circumstances and environment in which we live, was number one, we have to believe on Jesus. Jesus. You have to believe Jesus, that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what's required. Folks, I'm asking you this morning, if you have not given your life to Jesus, If you have not believed on him for your salvation, would you do it this morning? You're not going to get through what's coming ahead without Jesus in your life. And more importantly, where will you spend eternity without Jesus? You were brought here today. Maybe someone invited you. I don't know. But you're here for a purpose. And today is that there in your life where God wants to minister to you supernaturally. He wants to provide for you. And the first thing He wants to provide is your salvation. You must receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you have not yet repented of your sin, ask Jesus to be Lord, would you do it now? Do it now. I could say, what more would it take? What more would it take for God to get your attention? Say, Pastor Henry, would you pray with me? I'd like to make Jesus my Lord and Savior today. Wherever you are, just wave your hand. I'm looking across the congregation. Just wave your hand at me. This is the day you want to make Jesus Lord of your life. You want to surrender your life to Jesus. You want to make him the Christ, the Messiah, your Savior, your Redeemer. I'm going to ask one more time. Jesus is not an auction. It's your life that's at stake. Remember, obedience to the instruction is what produces the provision. God is giving you the instruction. Receive Jesus. If you reject the instruction, there's nothing more you can do. So last opportunity, if you'd like to receive Jesus, do it now. All right, you may look up at me. Everybody may stand. I'm going to ask my prayer team to come forward. If you need prayer for anything this morning, ministry team, come. If you need ministry, if you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, or you'd like to pray for anything else, The team is going to be available for you to do it right now. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for coming out. Have an awesome week. And we're going to see you at P3. It's going to be amazing. Um, Remember, we have a few of my books that are available. We encourage most people to buy it on Amazon. But if you don't, we do have a few available right now at the back if you'd see LaCherryl for it on your way out. God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you on Wednesday night. Amen. Come for prayer, those who want prayer.